Welcome to Splainin', a podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should know, but don't. I'm Jeff Sims. And I'm Evan Smith. Evan, guess what? What? Episode 26, baby! <laughs> Is that ever going to get old? Yeah. <laughs> two episodes ago, it got old. 26 episodes ago, yeah. it got old. Who's Honestly. Um, it is election night it is election in night. the States, which is do, like... Do, 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 do. I can't remember the melody, how that goes. No. But it's, um, yeah, it's strangely topical to us in Canada. Like, no one watch, no one in the States watches the Canadian election. No, no one cares. But we're all like, oh, guys, don't mess it up. Uh-huh. I saw the perfect meme. You know when Mean Girls, when the mother drops them off? I saw like, it. Make good choices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's her name? Jamie um, uh, Lee Curtis. Yeah, that was great. And that was the perfect thing as all Canadians are sitting around and be like, come on now, yeah. friends, you know, make the right choice. I saw the best the best post I saw about like, because there's been so many people on Facebook being like friends in America or yeah. like people who are American citizens who I have on Facebook yep. who are like giving advice or sharing posts of like, here's why not to vote for Trump, even if you're a Trump supporter, whatever. Yeah. The best one I saw so far was Jeffrey Heward, another musical director yep. um, who lives in California, I think. Um he posted and said something along the lines of, I don't want to misquote him, so it's not a quote, but he said Good. something along the lines of, um, if you're, you know, if you were supporting Trump, um, then, you know, I, I basically, I don't know how I'll socialize with you. Not, I can't call you a racist, but basically by voting for Trump, what you're saying is someone being a racist isn't a good enough reason not to vote for them. Yes. Which yes. is like, yeah. Yeah. That's a really telling argument. It's like, yep. You may not be a racist. No. Because his point was being... you don't care big enough about racism exactly. in order to Exactly. Because he was like, if you're voting for Trump vote. for the economy, great. That's fine. Uh-huh. Sure, his whatever economic plan, if you are uh, in a certain pay scale, it yep. works for you. Yep. But what you're saying is that's more important to you than, than racism. racism. Yep. Like, yeah. It's, it's, or sexism or whatever. Whatever-ism yeah. you want to, yeah, to stand to it. He got all of them. He's definitely dabbled in a little bit of all of them. Yeah, he's got a lot of isms. Yeah, it's a really interesting election because, and, and without getting too political, because we could be here all night. Just simply, we're going to get political later. What I, what I, no, 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 we're going objectively political. Yes, I'm yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about subjectively political. But yeah. I think that both candidates are they're not great. See, I don't know anything about Joe Biden other than I love watching him and Obama, like the videos of him and Obama, like high like being best stuff. friends. Yeah, and be stuff. Best yeah, friends. yeah. I think you know, as a like as a liberal, yeah. Like as a Democrat, you're kind of going like, yeah, he his yeah. he's a little bit more centered. His yes. his ideals are more aligned with what we want to go. And so, but on he's so forth. not an outstanding Democrat that everybody's going. No. Oh, get behind this guy. He is a he's just the guy who's terrib- there right now. Exactly, he is a terrible candidate. Right. But it just happens to be in the party yeah. that everybody wants to he, win. If right now the oldest president ever uh, is Trump, I know. If he wins, he will be the oldest president ever. I know. He'll be a- the oldest other white man to be yeah. the, the the president. But yeah, who's running with him? An African American woman there as vice president. That's what I'm saying. Like the ideal, it's in the right place. The heart is in the right yeah. place. But he is a terrible candidate. Mm. It's like choosing between scampers or chesses. Either way, by you're getting to shits. <laughs> no, it's not like that. No, it's not it's like, like that at all. It's like chesses or or um, or the Duke. Or, 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 or the Duke. There's one obvious choice. Uh <laughs> you just wiped away a sponsor there. <laughs> the Duke, yes. I'm sure the Duke was just about no, to pick chesses. up the... Oh. <laughs> I assume you meant Duke was the Joe Biden. Yeah. 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 
Oh, I'm sure Chess's was about to pick up the phone then. Now, I wonder if Evan and Jeff would be interested in some free fish and chips. You don't know who listens. Fee and Jean the D&G. Oh, actually, you know what? Would it die pee? Fee and Jean the D&G would it die pee? Oh, I wouldn't say no to he. So we have a very interesting and um, contrasting episode for you today. Contrasting. Um, contrasting. Um, see, this is a terrible idea to do this. You're right distracted now, Evan. Well, I just So we have the live stream of the election going just so we can check in from time to time. And, and just kind of comment, but Evan seems to be more interested in the election than he is to my uh, You haven't started. When you start, I'll get into it. Okay? We'll see. We'll see. I'm less interested in your drivel and like banter. Oh. Oh, no, just kidding. Wow. <laughs> Evan. I'm on edge, okay? Are you? I I woke up this morning with a little bit of anxiety, and the Tim was like, why? What do you feel? I was like, it's election day. And she's like, oh my God, my stomach. And instantly she got a bad stomach. It's like, I know. Weird. Yeah. I'd like to say it doesn't affect us, but it, it not... Oh, it, it affects us. It affects the world globally. It affects the world, but like not even just directly in terms of like politics and procedure and all these kinds of weird things, but like just like socially... There's We're, something in the air. There's but, something in the air in 2020 that caused everything to go sour. But also, like, we're more affected than them. Like, we are their neighbors. Yes. But I just mean, like, socially, there's something in the air when yeah. these kinds of things happen. Like, the perfect end to 2020, to start 2021, would be for President Trump to no longer be in office. Absolutely. That would be the perfect little, like, flip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, let's dive in let's. to a, a fun episode. Okay. Uh, so, my topic to Evan are records. Yes. How are they made and how do they work? Mm-hmm. Because it's a very interesting thing. At first, I thought, Evan, I don't really understand. I don't know if I can really explain this to you. Right. But it ends up being aligned with a lot of the things I've done in the past. Ah, with good. waves and sound waves and right. interesting things like x-rays. And But uh, it is super interesting. So... Your question, and it was kind of centered around an old recording that you heard. Yes. Uh, what was the recording again? It's Judy Garland live at Carnegie Hall, uh-huh. gifted to me by P- Keith Pike a few years ago. And it's her at Carnegie Hall. It's this one performance. The, the, the date is on the cover. Do we know the year, give or take? 64. Oh, well, um, done. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what? Had a rotation. I was like, well, done. <laughs> um, so yeah, and and listening to it, I put it on one night. Harrison and I were eating supper, and I put it on, and I was like, man, this is live. I can hear the audience clapping. Mm-hmm. In a modern day society, I'm like, that doesn't, you know, it's a live recording, whatever, who cares? Yeah. But then I'm like, 1964. Yeah. How did they take the audio from that room? Yep. In general, how do they take the audio from the room? But also, how do they then get it on this record that I can now play this many years later, yeah, with a needle touching a record, and I'm like, oh, good, I can hear the audience applauding on that one night. I know. So there's going to come to a point where I'm not going to be able to explain it any further because, okay. you know, I'm not a physicist. Um, well, actually, I am. Oh, oh, oh. Because I did read uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's book. Yes. Yeah. So, which is basically the equivalent of doing a doctorate. Yeah. So yeah. it's astrophysics for people who are in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah. Like me, in a hurry. So let's dive in, shall we? Please. So before all of the music in the world could be played at the touch of a button or a simple passive-aggressive chant to your smart home hub, Siri, Alexa, or Google, Uh there were records. 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 Uh, In 1948, Columbia Records released its first LP vinyl record. Oh. Do you know what LP stands for? Long play. Well done. Thank you. I didn't. Just as a um, short note here before we dive into this, you always hear of artists now being like, I just released like an LP and like an EP. Yeah. And it's like one song. And I'm like, why? 
But now I understand because it kind of goes back to this old retro feel of like a singular record that just yeah. gets a long play or multiple records that in, you know, anyways. Yeah. So they're kind of like still calling it old things because it sounds more retro-y. Right. But in fact, it's just a digital copy on Apple Music. Right. Yeah. Um, this 20-minute long recording began the rise of a major music revolution until the rise of obviously cassettes and cds got in the way although in the last 20 to 30 years vinyl has had a strong diminish in production in the last five or ten years it seems to have slowly returned to the music surface absolutely in 2016 3.2 million lps were sold the most in 25 years i believe that and you should because I, it's a fact. Well, I'd also like just, I started buying LPs again. Yeah. Not again, for the first time. So um, my grandmother left a lot of old records. Mm. And my mom said, well, what are we going to do with them? Are we going to sell them? And I was like, well, which ones are they? And she, original 1950s records. Yeah. Not new remastered ones that you're buying at like no. Fred's yeah. Records. I'm yeah. talking old ass records. Yeah. So like I might bring some of those over. Please do. And see, like, how they sound. Yeah. Yeah. If they're not scratched, they will sound the same as a new record. Yeah. So cool. So now that we know all there is to know about records, LOL, let's dive into uh, what they are and how they are made. Mm -hmm. So a phonograph record is an analog sound storage medium in the form of a flat disc uh, with an inscribed modulated spiral groove. Which is literally just a long-winded explanation of what a record is. The groove usually starts near the end of the record and finishes towards the center of the disc. At first, the discs were commonly made from shellac, uh, with earlier records having a fine abrasive filler mixed in. Starting in the 1940s, polyvinyl chloride became common, hence the name vinyl. In the mid-1950s, or the mid-2000s, gradually records made of any material began to be called vinyl records or simply just vinyl. So by the end, they actually weren't really made out of vinyl. They were just made out of whatever and still called vinyl. It's like skidoos and snowmobiles. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, well done. Or like old people calling any sort of a tablet an iPad. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry, high-pad. Yeah, well done. Uh, phonograph records are generally described by their diameter in inches. There's mm-hmm. 12, 10, 7, although they were designed in millimeters, which is weird, and the rotational speed in revolutions per minute, so RPM, at which they are played. 8 and 1 thirds, 16 and 2 thirds, 33 and 1 third, 45 and 78. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously their time capacity, determined by their diameter and speed. There's all sorts of examples there. So the phonograph, which is, sounds like a mix of phono and autograph. Yes. Phono- well, that's literally what it is. But the phonograph patented by Leon Scott in 1857 used a vibrating diaphragm and stylus. Okay. So it's purely for visual analysis and without any intent of playing anything back. Okay. Just to give visualization. In 1877, Thomas Edison invented the phonograph, uh, unlike the phonotograph. <laughs> On autograph, it could both record and then reproduce the sound. Okay. Despite the similarity of name, there is no document uh, evidence that Edison's phonograph was based on Scott's phonograph. Edison first tried recording sound on a wax impregnated paper tape with the idea of creating a telephone repeater. Although the visual, uh, sorry, the, like what, a telephone repeater being like a voice message, I guess. Okay. Or like you're talking on the phone and it's recording it as you're talking. Oh, evidence. Like a voice memo. Yes. We're not... 
unfamiliar with the voice memo, are we? We are not. That's how we communicate. Yeah. Because we can't stand here and the other person respond. We just want to control the conversation ourselves. <laughs> Although the visible results made him confident that the sound could be physically recorded and reproduced, his notes do not indicate that he actually reproduced sound before his first experiment, in which he used tinfoil as a recording medium several months later. Okay. Uh, the tin foil was wrapped around a grooved metal cylinder and a sound vibrated stylus indented the tin foil while the cylinder was rotated. The recording could be played back almost immediately. From the tin foil? Yeah. Emil Berliner, Berliner, yep, Berliner, um, with disc record gramophone, the lateral cut disc records were developed in the United States. Okay, um, who named his system the gramophone, distinguishing it uh, from Edison's wax cylinder phonograph. Okay, and the American uh, graphophone's wax cylinder. Either they just named it a bunch of different things, <laughs> which is really that was a, that blah, 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 blah. yeah, exactly. I'm realizing now that's not very important. In 1901, 10 inch disc records were introduced, followed by followed in 1903 by 12 inch records. Okay, they could play for more than three or four minutes respectively, whereas contemporary cylinders could only play for about two minutes. And the attempt to head off the disc advantage, Edison introduced the Amberall cylinder in 1909 with a maximum playing time of four and a half minutes at 160 rpm i mean that's significant improvement two minutes oh, to three minutes yeah. is a lot of improvement and then three to four and a half for, for yeah you're almost doubling it well you're yeah you're adding you're doubling it from the two yeah yeah um it had a playing surface area made of celluloid a plastic which was far less fragile uh despite these improvements during the 1910s disc decisively won this early format war. Although Edison continued to produce new blue Amberall cylinders for an ever-dwindling customer base until late in 1929. By the 1919, although, the basic patents for the manufacture of lateral cut disc records had expired, opening the field to countless companies to produce them. In 1931, RCA Victor launched the first commercially available vinyl long playing record, oh. uh, marketed as program transcription discs. Um, these revolutionary discs were designed for playback at 33 and a third RPM and pressed on a 30 centimeter diameter flexible plastic disc with a duration of about 10 minutes playing time per side. Okay. Which is just revolutionary, right? Yeah. Um, RCA Victor's early introduction for a long play disc was a commercial failure for several reasons, including the lack of affordable, reliable consumer playback equipment and consumer wariness during the Great Depression right. because of financial hardships that obviously, you know, play right. the recording industry, yeah. you know. Um, Victor Long, uh, Victor's long playing records were discontinued by early 1933. Okay. That's just a brief history of where we went from the beginning of how this is all done yeah. into there. Okay. So how are they actually physically made? Yep. Okay. So the first thing you have to do is obviously record a song. Yes. Yeah, it sounds silly. Uh, nowadays, it's just, you know, a simple step. Uh, you know, you just record it on your phone, obviously. But... Back. What do you mean? You can just record anything on your phone. You can't, you can yeah. Or like, like we are right now. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's a pretty simple step. Anyone yeah. can have it in their home. It's pretty yeah. straightforward. Um, you know, but before, obviously, you had to have massive rooms, expensive equipment, years of training and expertise. Right. Um, once the audio had been recorded in whatever medium you were using, uh, it gets sent to the cutting amps. These amps feed directly to the cutting link, which has a ruby chisel. Okay. Okay. This sounds good. Also, like fantastical and also complicated. 
a ruby chisel. Yeah. Made of rubies. Rubies. Okay. Yeah. And like a unicorn holds it in his mouth and... And starts humming the song. Yeah, yeah, Singing yeah, along yeah. with Judy Garland. Yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> As a song plays, the vibrating ruby engraves specific grooves into a lacquer disc. Each cut signifying a different sound wave. Okay. Fun fact. If you were to yell close enough to the needle while it was engraving the disc, it would also engrave your sound wave and your voice. I'll explain a little bit further. Okay. I, I can see the question marks. <laughs> yeah. uh, a single disc can hold 2,600 feet of lines, enough, span, enough sorry, to span the length of a football field seven times. Because uh, the lines are so small. Well, because there's so many lines. And they're spinning around. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Then you make the master. Okay. Okay, the master is used as a mold to create, obviously, the stamp to create more and more records. So this is how that is done. Okay. Each master can be used to press about 100,000 records before okay. it starts losing its integrity. Okay. First, the discs get washed, mm. then sprayed with chloride, followed by liquid silver to fill in the grooves. Once the silver is altered on, the disc is dipped into a nickel solution for several hours. This then hardens the silver into a layer that can be peeled away, cut, trimmed, and perfected. Hmm. Step three is pressing. It's time to add a little heat. <laughs> to make the actual vinyl record, polyvinyl chloride pellets are melted down into a hopper, <laughs> into a biscuit-shaped puck. Remember the time? Yes, I know. Thank you. Yes, go on. Tell the story. I gotta get my beer. So one time, Jeff was house-sitting for us. Dog-sitting slash house-sitting. Was it you and Catherine? I can't remember now. Uh, I think it was just you. Who knows? And <laughs> we have a fireplace. <laughs> like, not electric. It's like real wood. You just put the wood in. You light the wood. It goes up to the chimney. So, Jeff, <laughs> because we didn't have any wood. <laughs> it's not that funny. <laughs> no, no. It is. It's funny, Jeff but like bought, you kind of had to be there. Jeff bought wood pellets. Yeah. Which only work... In a in a wood pellet fire place. Yeah, or like or even a like a wood stove. You can put pellets in a wood stove. Yeah. Because you can close it off and like way to go. But it was just like I remember getting home and like having to clean out this stupid fireplace filled with wood pellets that had all fallen down through the grate and like couldn't possibly do anything. <laughs> unless you like put them in a bowl or something. <laughs> and like surrounded them. I just dumped the bag in. I was like, now what? <laughs> it wasn't my brightest moment. No. It was very good, though. Yes. It's a moment I'll cherish forever. Well, I'm glad someone will. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, these pellets are melted down in the hopper into a biscuit-shaped uh, puck. Uh, then pressed first, uh, apply labels, which center the record and keep it from warping. Okay. Then the two silver stamps are placed on either side of the puck, and over 60 tons of pressure flatten the vinyl wow. into a thin blade. Yeah. Lastly... The excess vinyl known as flash is shaved off and saved for reuse. The final result, the final result, a record less than two millimeters thick engraved with the magic of music. So hang on. The, the engraving happens before it gets pressed. Yes. So when it, no, 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 no. It gets pressed into the shape. Yeah. But when it gets pressed, it gets pressed with the shape in mind. Okay. It uses the master to press oh, into it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the science behind it and kind of how it works. I think that's what you're more interested in. Yeah, yeah. my brain is hurting. Yeah. So similar to what we talked about before about uh, light rays, mm -hmm. okay, every sort of uh, light and sound we now know in today's science has 
rays. Yeah. And based on the frequency and the size, uh, well, actually, sorry, based on the frequency, will determine the size of the wave. Yeah, I mean, this is a concept I don't think I'll ever fully comprehend. Well, you need to go back and watch The Magic School Bus. <laughs> Because it does a great job. And also, you need to go back and revisit at least a half a dozen episodes of this well, podcast. No, I, I, while you explained them to me, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's a, because it's so abstract, it's, a, it's visual, a hard, it's hard to comprehend. It's a visual dimension that we just don't know. Yeah, well, exactly. we can't understand. Like, right now, there are sound waves coming from your face. Yeah. Shooting into my face. Yeah. But, like, I'm just, like, I'm just, like, I can't think about that. It's like, it's like you can't think about outer space. Like, I'm just listening to you speak. Yeah. And also, those sound waves are going into the microphone, but just somehow then converting that into whatever's happening on the computer. Oh, I know. Through an XLR cable. Like, uh-huh. it's like. Oh, I know. Listen, yeah. that, that blows my mind, yeah, too. I will never understand yeah. that either. It's like the camera talk we had about. There was, yeah. a, there was a point when you were like, yeah, the light refracts off an object and shoots yeah. it upside down. Yeah. I'm like, why? It's like, yeah. well, that's just physics. Yeah. That's just how the yeah. world works. I'm just like, no, bye. Anyway. I mean, someone can explain it, but not to us. No. Yeah. So like I said, sound and uh, sound works in waves. Okay? Uh, so sounds are obviously produced by vibrations and travel through the air as waves, which are vibrating particles. The waves transfer energy from the source of the sound out to its surroundings. Your ear actually detects detects sound waves when vibrating air particles cause your eardrum to vibrate. The bigger the vibrations, the louder the sound. The grooves you can see on a vinyl record are actually sound waves. Or more so, they're like a type of fingerprint of the sound waves captured in a liqueur disc that we call a vinyl record. So the needle is like minusculely bumping over Exactly. That's insane. These three-dimensional grooves cut in the vinyl record are a recording of how the sound waves behave as they move through the air. But, like, I, I, can, I, can, I can grasp that as far as, like, volume. Like, the bigger the sound wave, the louder it gets. Me too! But me, after that... The type of sound. Me, but how, dude, does the ty- like, how, does, how do you get the trumpet sound wave? Yes, or, like, me laughing. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That I mean, I, know. The, I can get the big and the small. That's Me too. as much as I can get. Me too. I'm right there with you. A typical record player has a type of needle called a stylus that is placed gently on the vinyl record, resting in the beginning of one of the grooves. Mm. As the vinyl disc steadily rotates, the stylus moves through the wavy three-dimensional grooves. The stylus is a tiny crystal of sapphire or diamond mounted at the very end of a lightweight metal bar. That's like a needle. As the crystal vibrates within the groove, its microscopic bounces are transmitted down the bar. The stylus fits onto the end of an electromagnetic device called a cartridge, uh, containing a um, piezoelectric crystal. The metal bar presses against the crystal, and each time it moves, it wobbles the crystal slightly, generating an electrical signal. These signals are fed out to the amplifier to make the sounds you hear through your speakers or headphones. This is too much for me. I shouldn't have asked you to do this. Not all record player cartridges use piezoelectricity to convert sound vibrations to electrical signals. Some have tiny electrical coils and a magnet inside of them. When the stylus moves, it pushes the magnet up and down past the coil, generating electrical signals that feed to the amplifier to create sound through your speakers. So. They give an analogy, and it's not a great analogy. Okay, okay. 
Imagine like, oh, have you ever been um, at the the Munnels? Yeah. And specifically the one that goes from the music building to the science building? Yes. You hit, have you ever like hit the railing and the railing, and it'll vibrate and everything like that? So imagine you hitting that creates the waves. Okay. Yeah. Every time you hit that, you create the sound. Yeah. So there's an act, a physical act that will actually create the sound. Okay. If you were to record that same sound, if you were to reverse it, like reverse engineer, so the sound comes first to produce the action. Do you know what I mean? So like, like let's say you hit the, the railing, it produces the sound. Mm-hmm. Now you rewind the tape. The sound goes first, and then it, it's you hitting the, the railing. Okay. Makes sense? Yeah. So imagine that when you record things. So when you're recording it, the way it works is the sound comes, mm-hmm. and then it has to visualize or it has to impregnate on something how the sound was made. Right. But the best way to do it is imagine that that bar is waving back and forth. Right. And you put a piece of paper. It's going to sound really silly, but you put a fine tip needle or sapphire crystal at the edge of that pole. You hit the pole, it makes a sound, and then you put the record up against it. Mm. It will draw the wave as the sound is happening, and it'll create the sound, the same sound wave physically that is being produced from the actual sound. So that's what's happening, is that the sound wave that's coming from your voice, that's coming from Judy Garland, that's coming from the trumpet, whatever the sound wave is, it has its own frequency, its own tone. That is how we are hearing it and separating it from the flute or from Buddy in the Audience laughing. It has its own frequency, its own level. That is causing the sapphire needle to vibrate a very specific way and ingrains itself into the vinyl. And then if you go backwards and run the needle backwards through it, it produces the sound. The exact same sound as if it happened before. It's like reverse engineering. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. I do. I do. I don't I feel understand like, how I feel the like you just explained works. that well. But it's, it's these type of talks that make me go, Right. I'm not that smart. I'm so stupid. It's yeah. shocking. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of times in my life where, like, I consider myself an intelligent human. I well, really do. Yeah, yeah, me too. But, like, like, and not like I'm not a scholar by any friggin' means. <laughs> but, like, I, I consider myself an intelligent, like, you know, I, yeah. I, you're okay, Evan. You're I gra- not stupid. Move I'm not on. stupid. I graduated like third highest in my graduating class yes, in, high, in high school. I was going to say, I was in your freaking graduating class. Well, no. But in like, in university, I got honors. Yeah. Like, didn't work that hard. No. Didn't kill myself. Yeah. But when it comes to like higher level oh, learning yeah. and academia, yeah. my brain does not compute. But here's the thing. I think there's only a certain level to which we can understand because there comes a point where as humans, yeah. we just have to say, those are the laws of physics. That's just how it works. But there are people who understand how it works. Well, like, that is how it works. They had, I'm because, just tell, I just yes, told you no, how no. it works. But, like, there are people who are like, who had to figure that out first. Well, they figured it out by experimenting. I know, but still. Not to say that we are on the same playing field as Edison. No, let's not. No, but what I'm trying to imply is that, like, after years and years of experimenting, he yeah. figured out, yeah. like, the same way as what we talked about with um, x-rays. Yeah. Right? And how, they, um, how the guy literally found out x-rays because he was putting covers over the, the thing, the cathode. Yeah. And the cathode was shooting it, and the screen was turning green. It was like, yeah. how in that? Like, it was an accident. He yeah. discovered it by accident. He learned yeah. the electrodes jump. So... Uh, a great example was one of the very first phonographs, mm-hmm. or the phonographs, I'm not sure which one. Like, imagine like an old-fashioned record player. We have the record player, and then you have the great big horn at yeah, the yeah. end, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, 
there shows a picture of Edison on a stage in a theater. Mm. And he has a phonograph sitting there. And he has a great big horn, but the horn is facing the audience. Yeah. Right? And the audience talk into the horn. Right. Instead of the sound coming out to them, they put the sound into the horn. Okay. And the horn will vibrate, obviously, take the sound waves in, and then condense it, condense it, condense it right down to the needle. And the needle will then vibrate according to the sound waves from the audience and And write the record. And then... he could play it back. He could play it back and reproduce the same sound that they gave to him. Does the sound also come through the horn? Yes. Well, he right. just cranks it the opposite right. direction right. and it reproduces the exact same sound. Oh. So that's what it is. It's all about vibrations. And this one little tiny sapphire needle at the very tip is following the same waves yeah. as the right. auditory it, it response. It receives the waves yeah. and then creates the waves a second time afterwards. Once, well, once it, it creates records. the waves and impregnates them onto an object. Yes, but then it also is the needle that vibrates on the object, right? Well, that's in the old-fashioned phonograph. Yes, that's what I mean. Nowadays, they just put it on the thing, and then yes. later they move it to another yeah, machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But what blows my mind, as I agree with you, is like, I couldn't grasp the thought of, well, it's a three-dimensional cut, but like, how could a cut differentiate the sound quality and timbre between yes. a trumpet and a singer or, or a laugh or a cry or God knows there's hundreds Everything. of sounds and qualities. A, like, a drum kit. But that's every sound in a drum kit plus the bass plus the guitar. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, it blew my mind. Yeah, it is. But if you think about it, if we could pick it up as a different sound from other sounds, then there must be something in the wave, the frequency of the wave when it's produced that allows our ears to pick up that difference. And if we could pick it up by our eardrums vibrating, then the needle can pick it up and differentiate it as well. And then if you take that needle and put it backwards, it will recreate the sound. Yeah. So, records. Yeah. Like... I think I really think there was once you hit the thing about the 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 monols and the pole and stuff like from like I feel like that was of your own demise like you came up with that yourself. Why'd you say demise? I don't know why I said demise of your own uh, analogy of my fruition? own fruition. Sure, I don't know. Sure, um, like that spoke to me more than like the scientific stuff because you made it you brought you came down to my level and that's what i require i require people to come down (laughs) to my level but like yeah i i I think i understand it yeah i mean let's also be very clear i don't think i understand no no when i say understand it more than i did 10 minutes ago yes yes yeah i um don't i hope i don't can't run into a party and be like here's how records work (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh You've been here often? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, that record player over there, do you know how that's made? <laughs> yeah. You every, every, time small I, every time I have a party at the house, just like walk over, put on a record and go sit on the couch. So, uh, it's a great tune, hey? It's a great tune. <laughs> Were you there when the needle vibrated to the sound waves coming from Randy Newman for the great debate? Um, but yeah, so there you go. Um, cool. Those are how records are made. Great. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, I am all right. Okay, so uh, Joe Biden has just become the winner of New York. Ooh. Not a surprise. Not a surprise at all. New York, California, very liberal, left-swinging states. Absolutely. Um, And and quite a few electoral votes in those states. What do you mean? 
You don't know what I mean. No, I don't know what you well, mean. I'm about to explain it to you. Oh, because Evan's segue. topic this week is the U.S. government and election process of mm-hmm. the U.S. government. Um, it's topical. We didn't realize we would be doing it on election night. We are behind our schedule. We normally record Sunday nights. Yep. It is not Sunday. It's Tuesday. Yep. It's election night. So it's like sort of made to be. Kind of. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm kind of okay with it as well. Also, um, Wolf Blitzer, he's he's ten out of ten. Um, I don't know what you mean by that. Not physically appealing wise. Just like he's like he. I trust Wolf Blitzer. Mm, you know, okay. like, I look at Wolf Blitzer. I'm like, you're gonna you're gonna give me the the facts. So, just as a side note, right now, like it's pretty like for for lack of better words, blue and red. Um. But, like, as they go through each state right now, they're showing, like, percentages and statistics. Uh-huh. And it's looking pretty favorable for Biden from the looks of it, like, 66-32 in Pennsylvania with 20 electoral votes. But this votes. is 40% of the estimated vote, 14% of the estimated vote in so far. Oh. So they go county by county. Yeah, and that looked... Now, I'm actually thoroughly surprised at Texas. Texas is a pretty even split, 49 to 48. Yep, with 65% of the vote. Wow. I thought Texas would be polarized the same way New York or California would be. Well, Jeff, here we go. Let's do it. So I'm going to start with a rundown of the U.S. government, okay? Yeah. So through the U.S. Constitution, the founding fathers wanted to form a government that did not allow one person or group of people to have too much control. Essentially, they wanted something as far away as possible from the rule that the British had over them. Yep. Which Boston Tea Party. Yep. And Hamilton. The Constitution was created to provide a separation of powers. I'm sure you've heard that term before. Outlining three separate branches of government. Each branch has its own responsibilities, but aimed to work together to make the country run smoothly and to assure that the rights of citizens are not ignored or disallowed. Can I stop? Please. So that whole design of the three levels of government Uh that they created back in 1776, is that still active today, those three forms of government? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Keep yeah. going. Um, so when I read this sentence, I was like, this is going to be a frustrating topic during the Trump administration, whereas we get the rights of citizens are not ignored. Mm. But anyway, it is frustrating at times, but we, we digress. We digress. The three branches of federal government are legislative, executive, and judicial. For a quick overview before we dive in, legislative makes laws. Executive carries out laws. Judicial interprets laws. That's as a just, I'm going to go real hardcore in depth of all those. But that's okay. just a rough outline, just to give you an outline. Each branch intertwines with the other, creating a system referred to as checks and balances. A branch can use its powers to check the powers of the other two in order to maintain a balance of power among the three, which you'll see what I mean as we go through. But basically, they create a three-party system so no one had too much power. I understand. This, yeah, okay. So the legislative branch. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you if I don't understand. <laughs> okay. So the legislative branch makes laws. Legislative branch includes the Senate. I am the Senate. Yes. And then also, like, the whole branch of government that is in Star Wars is part of, like, you know, a Senate is a Senate in every context. So when I explain to you what a Senate is, it's the same thing in Star Wars. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay, maybe you should have just done the politics of Star Wars. Maybe I should have. Yeah. So the Senate. There are 100 senators. There are two senators per state. A Senate term is six years, and there is no limit to the number of terms an individual can serve. Can oh, so you could literally be a senator for your entire life forever. if you just keep winning the election. Correct. Cool. Your duties include conducting impeachment trials. They serve as the jury and the judge in impeachment trials. The Senate is, like, in charge of them. 
The Senate has the power to review and approve or reject presidential appointees to judicial posts. So when the president wants to nominate a somebody, a, a justice, judge. a judge. I feel like both of your examples are both very relevant to Trump's current office. Well, they're relevant to every office. Impeachment and well, yeah. delegating the judicial staff. Yeah. Um, the Senate has the power to approve treaties proposed by the executive branch, which is the president, basically, by a two-thirds vote. They can also, by a two-thirds vote, expel a member or censor a member, which is what they did to Joe McCarthy. If you remember, with We Didn't Start the Fire, he was the one who was going like questioning everybody on being a Russian spy. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, they yes. censored him. They were like, you can be a senator, but you don't get to vote anymore. So that's kind of a waste of a hundred seats. There's like of one of the hundred. Yeah, it is. Um, You can also filibuster, which is one of the best words, Mm -hmm. um, which is basically you can debate or block a legislation by refusing to just stop talking. So there's an episode of the West Wing where a senator gets up and just like has the floor and starts reciting like poetry from a book. It's like as long as he doesn't stop talking, they cannot move forward with anything. That's what filibustering is. That is hilarious, isn't it? As long, but again, like you can't, like you know, the, in the episode of The West Wing, it's like he was an older guy. And it's like he's gonna have to eat or sleep soon. But he went like sixteen hours without stopping. It's like he's trying to make sure that this law didn't go through. Wow, yep. how flippin' petty! Well, it is and it isn't. It's like there are. I mean, it just doesn't happen very often. I don't think. Anyway, also in the legislative branch, there's the House of Representatives. This is all just within the legislative. No, no, no. So we just Senate, went through the Senate. The Senate is, is legislative, Done. as is the House of Representatives. There are 434 elected representatives divided among the 50 states. And similar to Canada, the proportion of representatives per state um, depends the, on the total population, population. of each. Right? Sure. A congressman or congresswoman is what a House of, like a representative is a congressman or a congresswoman. They serve a two-year term. There is no limit to the number of terms they can serve. Uh-huh. Similar to Canada, there are majority and minority leaders. There is a Speaker of the House acting as the leader while Congress is in session. There are whips, which are the assistant leadership positions in managing their party's legislative program. Okay. Representatives are assigned to one of 20 committees that have subcommittees as well. Each committee considers bills and issues and recommends uh, measures for consideration by the House. So essentially, everyone can't make themselves informed on everything. Because there's just way too much going on. So everyone breaks off into like little group projects, like in grade three. <laughs> one person takes whales, one person takes shrimp. And by the end of the class, everybody knows about all the animals in the ocean. Yes. Right? Um, but you've only researched one. So it's basically like our podcast. Yes. I research something, you research something. Yeah. After the podcast, we both know two things. Yeah. It's that on a small scale. Well, we are that on a small scale. I am the Senate. So committees include agriculture, appropriations, armed services, budget, education, ethics, government reform, science, space, veteran affairs, and a bunch of others. Cool. And then also in the legislative branch, there's Congress, which is actually just the combination of those two things. You've heard of, like, Congress, right? I am the Congress. (laughs) So the Senate and the House of Representatives make the Congress. Okay. Okay. As a whole group, Congress drafts proposed laws. They confirm or reject presidential nominations for heads of federal agencies, federal judges, and the Supreme Court. They also have the authority to declare war. Ooh. Yep. Then there's the executive branch. They carry out and enforce laws. The top of the executive branch, the president. He is the leader of the country, head of state, leader of the federal government, and commander-in-chief of the United States Armed Forces. 
president serves four years and can be elected no more than two times. Thanks, George Washington. The president is responsible for implementing and enforcing the laws written by Congress, and to that end, appoints the heads of the federal agencies. Okay? There's also the vice president. He supports the president. He's sort of like, like the vice president sucks, basically. Yep. Um, if the president is unable to serve, the vice president becomes president, as was the case with JFK and LBJ. Have you seen the TV show? Veep. Nope. Oh. Uh, designated Survivor. No. Do you know what Designated Survivor kind of is? No. So, in any weird instance of like apocalyptic or like nuclear bombing or whatever, mm-hmm. you always try to separate. Yeah your major leaders so that if there's an attack yes that you don't get all of them at once yes so if there's a designated survivor you are the designated survivor you take over right right so that's exactly what happened in the tv show this guy i don't even know if he was vice president or if he was just like some weird congress person like i have no idea he was very insignificant right but he was the designated survivor so if something were to happen, he was meant to survive. Yes. So everybody else was assassinated and killed, and yeah. he was the one who went in the bunker. He survived. He got to be the president. Yeah. And there's this entire show dedicated to this. Cool. You would love it. I would. There's yeah. an episode of The West Wing. I'm going to talk about The West Wing a lot, apparently. But there's an episode of The West Wing where all of the – whatever it is, it's probably the State of the Union, I think, is what's happening. So like – Everybody who's anybody is at the State of the Union. But there's like one. I just, Anyone who's anybody is at the State <laughs> of the Union. But there's one. I think it's like the Minister of Agriculture, the Congressman of Agriculture. It's like he's like forty seventh in line. Fart. <laughs> I like saying he's farting and farting. No, I was gonna say he was like fourteen. But he was like so far down the line. But they were like one person. I can't go to this thing. Uh-huh. So he, being whatever number he was in line, he's like, okay, you're not going. If so if somebody bombed that building where literally survivor. everyone else is, he's in charge. Yep. Designated right? survivor. Yep. Um, so the vice president can be elected and serve an unlimited number of four-year terms as vice president under different presidents. Oh. The same vice president can keep getting elected. If the next president wants to keep him on, they can put him on the ticket. Interesting. The president has the power to either sign – or the vice president – has the power to either sign legislation or... No, this is the president. I don't know why I'm back to the president, but I am. The president has the power to either sign legislation into law or to veto bills enacted by Congress, although Congress may override a veto with a two-thirds vote of both houses. Uh, The president has the power to negotiate and sign treaties with other nations, which must also be ratified by two-thirds of the Senate. So again, it's the checks and balances. You can do this, but you're going to answer to these guys, and if they don't really like it and two-thirds of them vote, you can't do it. Okay. Uh, the president can issue executive orders, which direct executive officers or further existing laws. The president also has unlimited power to extend pardons and clemencies for federal crimes, except in cases of impeachment. They can pardon anybody they want. They can't go uh, like rule over an impeachment. Um, so the vice president... Um, Cast the deciding vote in case of a tie in the Senate. The vice president is actually the president of the Senate. But this is, it's sort of like he a. He is the Senate. <laughs> it's sort of like a moot point in that, like, he's never there. The Senate actually selects one of their own members to preside over the Senate every day because the vice president is never there. Basically, he shows up if for some reason there's a tie in a vote, the vice president is the one who breaks the tie. Ooh. But, like, it doesn't really happen because there's never a tie. No. Um, then there's the cabinet in the executive branch. 
They serve as the advisors to the president. They include the vice president, heads of executive branches, and other high-ranking government officials. They are nominated by the president and must be approved by a majority of the Senate. So 51 out of 100 have to say, yeah, okay. 15 executive departments, each led by an appointed member of the cabinet, carry out the day-to-day administration of the federal government. They're joined by other executive agencies, including the CIA, an environmental protection agency whose heads are not part of the cabinet, but are under the full authority of the president. So, like, he can tell the CIA to do whatever he wants them to do. Mm -hmm. Hashtag Watergate. Yep. Then there's the judicial. The final is the judicial branch, which interprets the meaning of laws, applies laws to individual cases, and decides if laws violate the Constitution. So, first of all, of course, we've got the Supreme Court. The highest court in the United States. Justices are nominated by the president and approved by the Senate. So they can, he can nominate who he wants, but they got to be like, okay, buddy. Because otherwise, you get seven super Republican conservative yep. um, justices. Nine members make up the Supreme Court, a chief justice, and eight associate justices. So in this particular instance that we just had where Trump nominated, um, I can't remember her name, mm-hmm. um, and she actually got elected in as, as the judicial person, mm-hmm. the Senate had to agree to it. Correct. Which means 51 out of 100 had to say yes. Right. But so, you don't know how many of those are Republicans. because there's Republican also s- Senates. Right. Senators. So there's, there's, sen- there's senator elections. So if a bunch of Republicans get in, and this is the thing with like tonight, not only are there presidential elections tonight, there are also all congressmen, congresswomen, Senate elections also happening tonight. So, which I'll get to in a second. So I'm just going to leave it actually for now. Sure. Um, so yeah, there must be a minimum of six justices present to decide a case out of the nine. Yeah. Fun facts. If there are an even number of justices present, I don't know why they don't all have to be present. Like it's just like, if there are six, if there are seven, it's like, buddy was just on lunch. What are they doing? What What are they they doing? doing? Anyway, if there are, you had one job. (laughs) Yeah. If there are an even number present and there is a tie, the ruling of the lower court stands. So like whatever the lower court below the Supreme Court is, if they've already ruled on it, that stays the same. Also, if there's no, uh, there's no fixed term for justices. Once they're elected or not elected, nominated and accept, um, they serve until they die or choose to retire themselves uh, or a removal in exceptional circumstances, which doesn't really ever happen. But like, you know, let's be human for a second. Mm. As humans, yeah, we have an expiry date, we'll call it. Um, and we also have a moment where we're not fit to do the job that we're designated to do. Right. So at what point do you become not mentally spry, we'll say? There is, again, in the West Wing, there's an episode about this, of like a justice who's like aging. Yeah. And it's like... Maybe he sh- really shouldn't be, but it's like it's a fine line How- because it really takes a lot of humility yep. and integrity to be able to say, "Hey, listen, yep. I'm whatever that age is. Yep. You know, it's different for everybody. Yeah, I'm not the same person I was before. Yeah, I don't have the mental capacity to to fill this role. I'm going to yep. step down. Yeah, because you're also relinquishing a stupid amount of power. Yeah, you're also opening up the world." To somebody, to another person who could come in and make some very drastic changes. Yep. So if you're in a position where you say, you know what, if I move away from this now, yep. I could open up a world of hate. Yep. Or if you're super conservative, it could be. So like, and I, and some presidents, depending on the age and the and the status of the Supreme Court, some presidents don't actually get to nominate anybody. It just if somebody retires or dies and a seat opens up, they get to nominate. 
But yeah. every every president doesn't get to do that. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. I can't imagine they would every four years or no. four to eight years. Absolutely not. Um, federal courts is also just below the Supreme Court. There's just a bunch of other courts um, before it gets to the Supreme Court. Uh, the Court of Appeals, which is one for like every single thing. There's Court of Federal Claims, Tax Court, Bankruptcy Court, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And that's the federal sector of the government. Sure. Those three branches. Sure. At the state level, there are governors, which are basically the president of the state. Sure. Right? They serve as the chief executive officer and commander-in-chief of their state. They're responsible for implementing state laws and overseeing the operation of the state executive branch. Each state is also divided into those same three branches of government. They just keep it all separate all along the way. Sure. Okay? Just to confuse everybody. Well, not to confuse so that no one has too much power, right? Yeah, if if that's truly the case. It is truly the case. No, but if that's truly the case. No, it is. There's no if. Then why are we making such a big deal out of the president if there's so much division and dilution of power? I will get to it. Okay. The governor uh, is head of the state's National Guard. When it's not federalized, um, and of the state's defense force, which cannot be federalized. In many states, the governor has partial or absolute power to commute or pardon a criminal sentence. All U.S. governors serve four-year terms, except in New Hampshire and Vermont, where they serve two terms. But they're essentially just the, the premier. Like in Canada, we have premiers of our provinces. The governor is like the premier of a state. Sure. It's that same yep. low priority. Yep, I'm with you. As we get below that, there are mayors and stuff, and it's just all like on a smaller level. Everything just dwindles down. Um, now let's talk elections. All right. So as we're looking at this yes. right now, Biden has 80 electoral, electoral votes. Electoral. Trump, Trump has 51. Okay. And we're also seeing along the bottom yep. every state come up and the percentage of so far what each state has. Yes. Of course, the states close at different times. The polling closes depending on their time zone and whatever. Yep. So crucial battlegrounds of... Oh, the screen changed. Sorry. Well, there's. I'll tell you about all of them. Yeah. So what I'm noticing here is that there needs to be a 270 electorals to win. Correct. Whatever that means. Right. But so far, Biden has 80 to Trump's 51. Correct. Okay. <laughs> tell me why. <laughs> no, you that's what you're saying. You're like, tell me yeah, why. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's only 50 states. It's really interesting. So why are there... Uh, the majority is 270, which makes no sense to me, out of 50. There's not one per state, obviously. So... The 2020 presidential election comes to a close tonight. What's involved? What's an electoral college? What's a caucus? Can we even say the word caucus without bleeping it out? Who's to say? <laughs> we don't know. All these answers and more coming up now after this commercial break. And we're back. To president <laughs> to become president, you must be a natural born citizen, as in US citizen from birth. Yep. At least 35 years old. Interesting. Yep. A U.S. resident permanently living in the U.S. for at least 14 years. So if you, so, were, if you were born in the U.S., moved away, you can't move back and run for president. You have to be in the U.S. living for 14 years. 14 is a weird number. That's how many it is. There are three steps to becoming president. Mm. Step one, primaries and caucuses. Before a candidate can even become the nominee for their party, they have to go through voting phases. Sure. Unless they're the reigning president. Yes. Reigning? Whatever. Presidential primary elections or caucuses are held in each U.S. state and territory on different dates, depending on the state. 
Sure. Some states just hold primaries. Others hold caucuses. Some hold a combination of both. Okay, what's a caucus? I'm about to tell you. They are staggered between... You're doing the Evan Smith thing where you ask me questions before I get to it. Keep going. So some do both. They are staggered between January and June before the election in November. So what's the difference between a primary and a caucus? I'm glad you asked, Jeff. Uh, Prematurely. Primaries. Premature caucus. (laughs) And there's the episode title. And there's the episode title. (laughs) Primaries are run by state and local governments. State governments fund them and run them in much the same way as a general election in the fall. Voters go to a polling place, vote, and then leave. That's a primary. Okay? Uh Uh-huh. Caucuses are private events, yeah, they are, Mm. that are directly run by the political parties themselves, Democratic or Republican. Okay. At a caucus, individuals who are viewed favorably with the party are identified as potential delegates. After lots of discussion and debate, an informal vote is held to determine which individuals will serve as delegates at the National Party Convention. I was chosen for the Constitutional Convention. Right. There are four types of primaries and caucuses. Open, closed, semi-open, and semi-closed. Of course, there's also semi-gloss, high-gloss, and eggshell. (laughs) (laughs) There's also the glasses half empty, the glasses half full. Open allows all registered voters, regardless of party affiliation, to vote in any party context. Closed requires voters to register with a specific party to be able to vote for that party's candidate. Okay. Semi-open allows any registered vote voter to vote in any party contest, but they have to identify themselves to election officials when they arrive as a specific party. Semi-closed follows the same rules closed, but they also allow voters who are not affiliated with any party to vote. Okay. So if, if you're just like, I'm not, I'm neither. I'm sure. Not sure. The first events that take place are the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary. These are the two events that happen at the beginning of the year in, in like January, February. Is it because of time zones or each state has its own designated caucus? Every state doesn't have a caucus. Every state doesn't have a primary. It's Some have both. Some have, have one or the other. But the first ones that happen in the year, not because of time zones, just because of just scheduling. Just of life. Just of life of scheduling is the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary. Sure. At the Iowa caucus, each party um, has their own separate event. There are 16 and 1,681 precincts this past February 1st, 700 locations for the Republicans, and roughly 1,100 for the Democrats. Any registered party member can participate in the caucusing. <laughs> the process is quite different between parties. Republicans cast secret forms for a candidate. Demo- Democrats physically cluster around them to show us their support. <laughs> a Democratic candidate needs at least 15% of the caucus site's voters to remain viable. Other voters have to realign and join another candidate's um, circle. Like physically, people standing physically. in a circle. It's, so this is like grade two gym class. Yeah, I want to be on your team. Yep. Republican vote totals are f- are forwarded to state headquarters to determine their delegates because it's all private. They don't just like hug, hug group hug. <laughs> so are there are there? Here's the the most important question I'll have tonight. Mm-hmm. Are plural caucus cockeye? It's the best question you can ask, and of course, I don't have the answer. Is it no, US? no, no, I do have the answer. It's caucuses. I've already said that. Is it, but is it U.S. caucus or is it E.S. caucus? It's caucus with a U.S. Then it's but caucus caucuses. I. Nope. Almost all U.S.'s are I. I can't help you. <laughs> no one can. No one can but help me. Here's the weird part with what I'm talking about right now. When I say candidates and delegates, I'm not talking about like Trump and Biden. No. I'm talking about a delegate. 
which you don't know what that means yet, nor did I. I'm about to tell you. So step two is the national convention. The national conventions are held by both parties, and you've seen them on t- TV. They're like the big old rallies where all the different people are who are running for president give speeches and try to get the nomination. Sure, But sure, like this sure, year, sure. the Democrats had like, I don't know, 10 people, and they were like, all of them wanted to be president, and Joe Biden happened to win the nomination. Cool. So in attendance are delegates of each party, to which I asked, what is a delegate? I know it's how Trump won the last time, or like the... No, that's wrong. It's an electoral... Yeah, see, at the time where I wrote this, I didn't even understand. As I got further, I understood. A delegate is someone who um, represents his or her state at the party's national convention. The delegates get to cast a vote for the presidential candidate that they support, and the vote determines the party's official candidate for president. So, like, Joe Blow can't show up. You can't... If you were American, you couldn't just show up to a national convention and then vote for who you want to be the candidate of your party. It's not how it works. With me so far? Sure. Now, anyone can be a candidate, but there is a lengthy step-by-step process that WikiHow explains, and I'm about to tell you how to do it. Come on, then. Okay? So to become a delegate, again, anyone can do it, but there's like a great old list. Number one, be an active member of your political party. Party workers are often selected as delegates, so you should consider changing careers and becoming a political worker number two support a candidate early parties want someone who they saw um, from the get-go was enthusiastic about a particular candidate they just don't want somebody who was like i was for this guy but now i'm for him there's like from the beginning if you were for biden or whatever that's who they want Uh, number three run for a political position oftentimes local political leaders are chosen city council members or even mayors are often delegates Uh, number four vote in the primaries Everybody doesn't often vote in the primaries, but you should if you want to be a delegate. Number five, attend the caucus and be vocal, making arguments for who should represent the party. Then you get as many people as you can to stand around you if you're a Democrat. Whoever's uh, got the biggest caucus <laughs> right? stand around it. If you're in a primary state, you need to apply to get your name. <laughs> if you're in a... <laughs> If you're in a primary state, you need to apply. No, that's staying in. You, you can clap as many times as you want. That's staying in. If you're in a primary state, you need to apply to get your name on the ballot as a delegate. Number six, introduce yourself to people. Let them know what you've done for the party. Number seven, hand out flyers that detail your great work. Number eight, give a great speech. If your state has a caucus, you'll have an opportunity to give one a one-minute speech at the meeting. Number nine, vote for yourself. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Number 10, attend the county convention when there will be a vote to send delegates to the state convention. I was chosen for the big old county convention. Number 11, attend the state convention. From here, 10% of the state convention delegates will be sent to the national convention. Number 12, get nominated at the state convention. So essentially, like to be a delegate, you're like basically running to be a delegate. Yeah. Like, it's sort of a political position, but all... I mean, it is, I guess, in a, in a small way. The only political power you have is you go to the national convention and vote for which member of your party you'd like to be president. Sure. So there... So... Go on. I guess, I just while we're talking about how people actually become a normal person to becoming... Delegate? Uh, no, no. To becoming a... a, 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 a presidential a, candidate? A, yeah, a presidential okay. candidate. Going from like A to Z. Yeah. There's obviously a lot of hoops and, and stuff you gotta jump through. Yeah. Um, but like 
at what point and let's just say like like Trump's career became very very obvious. I think he skipped like a hundred hoops because he went to all these conventions and everyone was like it was Trump 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 because like, he was famous. Well, no, a, a delegate doesn't get nominated for president. A delegate votes for which representative they would like. So how do you become a representative for the party? You are, I believe, you are just like nominated. So, like, like you can just you can. I think you can just be like, I'm running for president. So literally anybody can. Yeah, but there's there's all these processes where you're but, not you're not gonna get like if if you'd have you, to be if, independent. You'd yeah, be like an if, independent. If, party. Yeah, exactly. Unless if, somehow the liberal if, party. If you move to the states and live there for 14 years but do nothing politically, and you're like, I'm running for president. No one can say no, you're not. But you're not gonna get as far as the national convention. No one is entertaining you as a presidential nominee because you haven't done anything. You're not invested in the party. No one knows who you are. So right now there are two very obvious choices for tonight's election. Are there any other names on that docket to choose from? No, 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 no. Because each of them won. Well, not Trump, because he's he's um, the reigning. He, he's the um, that's a term you used earlier, but he's the existing president. Yes, but there's a term for it. The president. It doesn't matter. He's the president. So the Republican National Convention didn't happen in terms of who's going to run for president. Yeah, he automatically gets to run again. Yes. Um, for Joe Biden, there were like ten other people, but at the National Convention, Joe Biden. One, mm-hmm. the, the do we know nomination. who he was up against in the that thing? Yeah, there was loads of people. There was like literally ten people. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know have their names. So I'm almost done this national convention. So we're still having got to how Joe Biden became. So there, sure. there are two types of delegates. There are pledge delegates and unpledged delegates, also known as super delegates. You stop it. No, that's what they're called. That sounds deadly. Super delegates are seated automatically without having to go through the delegate nomination process I just painstakingly laid out to you. Yeah. They can choose for themselves which party candidate to vote for. Super delegates make up less than 50% of all delegates and include party leaders and elected officials or like past presidents. Like Obama would be a super delegate of the, of the Democratic Party. He can just go and vote because he was a president. He, he just says superpowers. Correct. Sure. Pledge delegates must support the candidate they were awarded to through the primary or caucus process. So when you go and get all those people to stand around you, you are doing that because you're really pushing for a particular party member to be president. So you can't then go to the National Convention and be like, yeah, I'm going to vote for that guy, though. No, no, no. You've got to vote for the guy you've been pushing this whole time. Sure. You've basically been nominated and elected as a representative to to them when you get to the National Convention, the people who put you there know you're going to vote for the person they wanted you to. So I wonder, statistically speaking, um, let's say just for even numbers, there was 10 people at the uh, convention to be chosen for the Democratic nominee. Mm -hmm. And let's say, well, obviously Biden won, so that's why he's up for presidency from the Liberal Party as a candidate. Mm -hmm. Let's say one of the other nines were rotted. They're like, I don't like Biden. How many of them do you think flip because their particular candidate didn't get elected to be the flip to Republican? Yeah, just be, out of spite. Very unlikely because I think all of them are aligned they're, they're, with a certain sort of. Well, exactly. If they've got, if they're stance. as invested in the Democratic Party as to be a delegate, which is like a painstaking process, as you just heard. Yeah, they're not going to then go. Well, I'll just go Republican. Yeah, the voting process at the National Convention can sometimes be tedious. In the first round of voting. Pledge delegates pretty much have to vote for the candidate they were awarded to be there to vote for. Yes. 
unpledged delegates don't have to vote for. They can pick who they want. Super delegates can't vote in the first round because they get free mm. reign of who, so they can't vote round one. Mm. If no nominee wins in the first round, which is sometimes likely, with the majority of the vote, then the convention is considered brokered. Now things open up in the next round of voting. The super delegates can partake, and the pledge delegates can now choose any candidate. So essentially, because there were like so many candidates, the vote is split so many ways. It's sort of a, a, an annoying process. Right? Yes, as if. By the sounds of it, yes. Yeah. So after the round one, if everybody's like, well, y'all get 10% of the vote. Uh-huh. It's like, well, then we have to narrow it down. So yeah. now you can vote for anybody who you want. So it's like, great. This And also the people get to give speeches and get to do this and that. So they can be like, actually, that speech really spoke to me. I want them to be president. And they can then change their vote. Sure. Um, balloting continues until one candidate receives the required majority to win the nomination. At which point they would accept and then announce their selection for vice presidential candidate, um, their running mate. Usually one of the people who was also seeking the nomination. They're sure. just like, I would like this person to run with me. Yeah. Step three, the general election and the electoral college um, is the third step. Okay. Which is where we are today. Cut. Pause. Yes. I think it's a very important pause right now. Okay. So you've explained how to become the superpower delegates and the non-superpower delegates Mm -hmm. and how to have the power to vote for your candidate in order to run for the party for the presidential election. Yeah. How do people get chosen to be in that voting debate? So like, like you said, there's 10, let's just say for even numbers, there's 10 people part of the democratic party to be chosen. How do you become one of those 10 people? You're somebody like a higher up in the party. Sure. So you've basically been like geared to like you're a senator, you're a governor, you're the vice president, vice like, president, right? And, and or you're just the host of a non-popular TV show. Yeah, exactly. So you don't. So like you, hypothetically speaking, mm-hmm. you could run a non-political life, step in and say, "I would like to be premier, president, whatever you know, prime minister." Go to a, a party, liberal, democratic, whatever it is, yep. and just say, I would like to run for president. And they could be like, sure. Yep. And then all the people who spent their entire lives trying to become delegates and super delegates go, well, let's just stand around him and our grade to gym, gymnastics Science class. Fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't that seem weird to you? Yes. That a lifetime of service and a lifetime of trying to. To, to, to grow within the party, to be able to vote just to see who your person is. The other person can just waltz in. They will never just waltz in, obviously, but hypothetically they could. Well, Donald Trump did. Yeah, yeah. and I'm sure Ronald Reagan did. Yeah. You, yeah, you, I mean, I think it, it, the people who waltz in are typically, they're well-known people. You know what I mean? Like, in that, like... Because they're the poster boy. Yeah. That's what kills me. The, the, the role of being the president or the prime minister is stupid. Mm. No, it is. Mm. You're just one person. You're the poster boy. You're the poster girl. You're the person who's there but you, you just have... to represent. No, no, no. You have, you have duties that are significant. I'm sure you do. So you're not a poster boy. No, but like... Like the more competent are. of a human you are, the better president you are, and the better the country will be. Well, that's just in life, but... No, but, but 10 million times that in life... More so than, you know, you, you and your job, the more competent you are, the better your, the, you know, the company is run. If your, your company is the country, the more competent you are, the better the country is run. Because you're not going to veto the bill that should be passed. You're not going to nominate the asshole for the Supreme Court. 
Yeah, but then you also said that power is diluted evenly amongst three different departments. It is, but wait till we get there because there's also it is, but there's there are situations where it may not be. I just think there should not be one person. Okay, we'll get there. So the general election, the electoral college, which is happening right now as we speak. Biden's got 89, Trump's got 51 electoral votes as we speak. Following the nomination, the candidates campaign throughout the country to win the support of the general population until election day when people in every state cast their vote right now. But what elects a president is, in fact, the electoral college. In the simplest form, they are a group of people appointed by each state who formally elect the president and vice president. Since 1964, there have been 538 electors in each presidential election. Why 538? It's the number that is equal to the total voting membership of the United States Congress. 435 representatives, 100 senators, and three electors from the District of Columbia, which is like Washington, D.C. What makes the magic number for the candidate to win the presidential election is 270, right? Because it's slightly, More than half. slightly over half of 538. Okay. Each state receives a particular number of electors based on population size. You're going to have a lot of questions. I'm hopefully going to answer them. The census is conducted every 10 years. So every time the census happens, a state may gain or lose a few electoral votes. Based on, on population. Po- yeah. So let's take California, for example. California has 55 electoral votes. If Joe Biden wins in California, he gets all 55 electoral votes. If he loses, he gets none. Pause. So if it's kind of like an all or nothing. 100%. So hypothetically, so when people go into the, the poll to vote, uh-huh. they have two boxes to check off of. Uh-huh. Unless there are independents who are just nobodies. There aren't independents, but they're, they also have to check off like congressmen, senators, whatever. Why? Because they're also running tonight. Oh, just by coincidence? Or is this no, n- it's a election normal night. thing? Yeah, it's election night. That seems a little diluted. Not diluted, um, convoluted. Mm, what do you mean? Like, wouldn't, shouldn't they space out elections based on the type of election? And no, what it's going because for? it's a three-party system. So, and this is what I'm going to get to a little bit later, but like... The, so it's not the, as simple as being like, I'm Biden or Trump. It is. Because you typically, if you're if you're a Democrat, you typically vote for the, but there there will be more than one. But what if you went to high school with the person who's running for governor, and you know there was Democrat, and, and you're like, man, you know he screwed me over back when I was playing football. Right. So I'm not voting for him. I'm voting for the Republican governor, but I'm voting for the Republican this. But then, like, and you start crossing left and right. I mean, you could do that hypothetically, but it's, yes. it's kind of I, counterproductive. I feel, yeah, I feel like people don't. And also, I'm not sure as to whether there will be more than one person per party running for like i'm not sure the congress seats or senate seats are like one democrat one republican Mm -hmm. that may be a little more open sure i'm not sure about that so like in this vote right now they're voting for three separate levels of government correct and in each one they could have one to infinity options based on independent Republican, Democratic, Green. No, not there's no. They basically have a two party system. There are some independents that like don't even register or count. Sure. Okay. But essentially, it's either Republican or they're Democrat. It's sure. not like Canada where there's like there's the Green Party. So they have six people on their ballots. Maybe not sure about that. Cool. So based on their district, maybe I don't know. I'm unclear. But do you, do you see my confusion? Yes, but hopefully I answer it now. Keep going. So, 
Yeah, California has 55 electoral votes. If Joe Biden wins that state, he gets all of them. If he loses that state, he gets none of them. This is why they're a super important state that they always talk about. So take Texas, take Florida, take New York. These three states alone total 96 electoral votes because they have quite a high pop. Excuse me, quite a high population. Sure. If a candidate won, for example, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Wyoming, Vermont, New Hampshire, Connecticut, and West Virginia, they would only gain 31 electoral votes from those eight states. Versus 55 in one of California. Correct. It's essentially risk. Like you own a full continent. Yep. And you get a few extra reinforcements every turn. The larger the continent you own, the more reinforcements you get. It's that, but with population instead of land mass. Sure. Can, so does the math even out appropriately per person per state. So what I mean by that is that like, let's just say for stupid even numbers, okay, mm-hmm. there's 10 people in California. Yeah. There's nine people in New York, eight in Texas, and it's just like in the tens, okay? Yeah. And if all those people were to vote evenly, mm-hmm. the numbers were to make sense. Like versus like the millions of people and you get 55 if you win. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. I mean, I don't know what the actual ratio is, but essentially... I would think yes, it 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 so pretty well. Up. It's like the lowest common denominator. They make it easy for people to understand. If you win the seven to eight million person vote in California, whatever, how many people are in California? Let's just say there's eight million. Mm-hmm. There's probably fifty million. I don't know. Let's say there's eight million people in California. If eight a certain percentage of them and you win California instead mm-hmm. of you winning 8 million votes they go let's just dumb it down you get 55 well yes and no there's a reason why they do this instead of the popular vote which I'll get to in a second so the way that something can happen like what happened in 2000 to Al Gore or to Hillary Clinton in 2016 is due to this so both of them won the popular vote which right? means statistically more Americans actually voted for them correct if you're, you're the more than fifty percent of the boat votes that were cast, yeah, the votes that were cast were cast for Hillary Clinton or Al Gore in those two elections. But the states that held the highest electoral number were won by the other person, so they got more points. Right. So, so like they shot so more the, three pointers than they did layups. Well, yeah. So the the, the, ball still the, the number hoop, is is essentially irrelevant in this in this system. Because what it says that is in the states that Hillary Clinton won in 2016, she won by some large margins. But it doesn't matter by how much you win. You can win California 51 to 49, or you can win 98 to 2. You're still only getting 55 electoral votes. Sure. That is how many there are. You're not getting more because you have the higher popular vote. I understand. As soon as you get past half, you get them. So Trump won enough states to secure 270 electoral votes. He got 282 or something. Yeah. But in the states Hillary won, she won by a larger margin. Or in the states where Trump won, he won by a smaller margin. So she cleaned up, say, 48% in states where he won, uh-huh. which is a significant amount of people, yeah. but didn't get the electoral votes in that state. Ooh. Hang on. Don't ask any questions. I'm going to answer. I'm not answering. Okay. Critics of the Electoral College argue that the system gives an unfair advantage to states with large numbers of electoral votes. Yep. And here's why. If a candidate wins California, New York, Texas, Florida, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Ohio, Michigan, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, or Virginia. I say or because you need 11 of those 12. Yeah. You could win the the presidency. So you win 11 of those 12 states with 50.1% of the vote in each state. 
and not a single vote in the other 39 states. You can get 0% in every other state. You can still become president. Wow. So to reiterate, the other candidate wins 39 states with 100% of the vote, and in the other 11 states gets 49.9% of the vote, they lose. Which is why you hear certain states talked about so much more during election years. Yeah. Because they are they obviously— They hold right. more— Right. So, but is it— I'm, and I think you already stated this, but is it based on purely population size? Yes. But then there's an the argument for the other side as well. Many argue that the Electoral College protects small states. Trump won as, Alabama, got nine electoral votes. Yep. Incumbent. That was a word I was looking for earlier. Um, Incompetent. <laughs> Impotent. Impotent. Um, so many argue the Electoral College actually protects smaller states, such as Rhode Island, Vermont, and New Hampshire. Absolutely. Or geographically large states with small populations like Alaska, Wyoming, and the Dakotas. So a candidate can't just ignore small states, because in a close election, every electoral vote counts so much. Whereas if it was just the popular vote that mattered, as in like your vote went towards the total... Both parties might just ignore Alaska, just entirely give up whatever. Like, you know, how much is Alaska? If there's 50,000 people in Alaska, that's like 0.0001% of the total people in the country. Let's never go to Alaska. Who cares about those 50,000 people? doesn't matter. Whereas if they have two electoral votes in Alaska, that's two out of 538, which is a much higher percentage than 0.0001. Right? Yes. So now they're not going to – so it actually gives smaller states – more weight in the election yeah it's <sighs> by maybe a lot like you know two electoral votes at a 538 is like you know 0.6 percent what, it, what it, is. it does is it empowers a little guy and it dilutes the big well it makes it so that ones. it is the united states you're not oh new york gets all and california gets all it's like no no everybody gets something that's more significant than population alone right so there are certain states, of course, that have a long history of voting for a particular party. They're yep. known as safe states. For Democrats, these include California, New York, Illinois, Michigan, Washington, D.C., and many Ooh, others. Michigan as a Democratic? Yep. For some reason, I considered it more Republican. No, no. Nope. Like is... kind of like a militia, gun-loving? Nope, that is incorrect. Interesting. For Republicans, we're looking at Texas, Alabama, South Carolina, Oklahoma, Mississippi, Kansas, basically the southern states. Yep. Uh, they're sometimes referred to as the Blue Wall or the Red Wall or Red Sea. So Trump won the 2016 election through the demise of the Blue Wall. He won the Pennsylvanias, Wisconsin, and Michigan when those states went red for the first time in decades. Uh, there are also what we call swing states, which you've heard of, like Ohio and Florida tend to be swing states. That's interesting because you would consider Florida very southern and very... Um conservative in some instances right but they aren't they're very very half and half it's like 49 to 51 situation and it goes back and forth so florida is one to keep our eyes out for correct so there's the question of does your vote count and the short answer is no yes oh. it absolutely does count you may not be technically voting for the candidate yourself but your vote is one vote for the candidate in your state so basically you're voting for your state to go blue or red if your state, if you if you're a Democrat and you vote Democrat, then you're one vote towards your state going blue. If your state goes blue, your candidate gets a shitload of of votes of electoral college votes. So your vote does matter, but the popular vote is irrelevant. Is fairly irrelevant. Is it fairly irrelevant or it's completely irrelevant? Because uh, from the sounds of it, it's it's, about it's irrelevant in that votes. you can't win by the popular vote. No, so it's yeah. irrelevant. Right. So. It's only a speaking point for later down the road. 
Well, yeah, it's a speaking point, but it's also like, um, it's it's a it's an interesting fact to note, I guess. Sure, it's, it's well, like it's, cause, it's because like, it's not often that someone loses the popular vote but wins. You know, that, that's a close race. Yeah, where one and and also specific states happen. Yeah. Right? So when you said okay, so just and I, I keep going back to this because I really want it simplified. Yeah. Um, you said if you vote Democrat, mm. you vote blue done you get your blue team gets 55 electoral votes if it's california yeah okay but are you voting like are you going like i want my governor of california who is a democrat i vote for them and because i vote for them it's no. a vote for the blue Cor- or no. do you actually go i vote for biden you i take, vote for Trump. you take a presidential box okay and that goes towards your state Okay. I mean, it also goes towards the the popular vote, but that doesn't matter in terms of them getting elected. Gotcha. So, like, for instance, the election of senators, mm-hmm. the election of governors, mm-hmm. the election of mayors is completely and utterly irrelevant to the election of the president. Correct. So Which is that different from us in Canada? Yes and no. In Canada, everything is popular vote. In Canada... There is a leader of a party automatically. There's no, there, we don't vote for, like you and I never vote f- voted for Justin Trudeau. We voted for the liberal in our, or if we, vote, if we vote liberal, we yeah. voted for the liberal in our area. Yeah. And then if the liberals get, a, get, yeah, yeah, get yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. then Trudeau becomes prime that's what That's what I'm trying to say. Like right. it's the exact opposite of what happens in the United States. Kind of, yeah. Well, that is exactly the exact opposite. So you could literally go, Left, right, left, right, left, right, all the way up the chain from your mayor to the governor to the senator to the superpower delegate right. all the way up to the president. You can go Democrat, Republican. But Democrat, see, it's Republican. part of it is because we don't have a two-party system. Because we have – so the, if whatever party gets the majority of the votes sure. becomes the – government yeah okay and but, the leader like, of that party yes is then the prime minister yes. but they don't necessarily have the majority overall yes. they have the majority of every other party but, but that's the conservative like right now like, like the conservatives the ndps the whatever can total more than the liberals but the liberals have more than any one party yes whereas in a two-party system that doesn't apply i understand yeah but you're, you're playing tic-tac-toe versus x's and o's no nope, that's a bad that's the same thing no no you're play, like you're playing tic tac toe versus like connect four. Have, connect four. Yeah, it's your turn to play. <laughs> trouble, trouble. It's fun getting into trouble. Playing operation. Uh, yeah. But do you understand like where my question's coming from? That like as like Justin Trudeau, it's yeah. not necessarily him going around being like vote for me, vote for me. It's no, no, because he, he has to pass pass his message down to yes. the premiers and the mayor. But he also runs in a district, so like you know. I don't know, random Joe Blow ran in the St. John's East District. Yes. Justin Trudeau has a district he runs in. Yeah, but like... So he can actually not win his seat. And then, But if the Liberal Party wins, he's still Prime Minister because he's the leader of the party. Yeah, like I remember when we were discussing our uh, Prime Minister elections and yeah. I was going, why where's Trudeau? Yeah. But the reality was is that I was voting for a Liberal yeah. in the district. Correct. If I voted for them... 
and they won their seat, and enough other liberals went ran, blah, 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 won their seats, yep. then statistically speaking, he would then win. Correct. I thought it was the same thing with Trump. No. That you had to vote for your governor or your senator or your person within these states. No. And then if enough of those won, so I was like, so is that what the electoral state is? That there's 55 within each county within a state? No. Because they're, they're, they have a separated system. So I'll explain that in a second. So I told you about the level, levels of government. Yes. Um, but like if you recall, so congressmen and, and congresswomen have elections every two years. So for all 435 seats are up for the running tonight. Yeah. All of them because it's every two years. So even when there's not a presidential election, there will be like today it's 2020 now. 2022, there will be a Congress election. Everybody's up for election. Sure. And also every presidential year. Yeah. Senators get six years. So only 35 of those 100 are up for the running tonight. Also, 13 state or territorial governorships. So governors are running tonight. Only 13 of them, though, because, again, this depends on when it falls. But these elected are these elections are all elected by popular vote. All of them. Yep. Okay? Which makes sense because yeah. it's all very state-driven things. Right. So it's important to note that let's say Donald Trump wins the presidency tonight. Knock on wood. He will not return to the same Congress or Senate he had before. Because who knows who will be elected. So either the Senate or the Congress could go very Republican, very Democrat, or somewhere down the middle. And it's no, those numbers that make the difference. Because a minority in Congress can hold the president up in vetoes, bills, etc. Because a president with a majority Congress, um, like let's go big and say like a two-thirds Congress of, say it's Trump, and a two-thirds Republican Congress. So they can get up to all sorts of hanky-panky because he tries to veto a bill. And the Democrats go, no, I don't want you to do that. Well, two-thirds of the Congress is Republican. So they'll just vote it out, and he gets to veto the bill every time. Right? Yep. So, and likewise, then, if the Democrats, um, no, blah, blah, blah. There are, of course, also protections in place. Um, even if there was a significant Republican Congress and a Republican president, then there's a judicial branch would kick in. So should any bills that they're now passing, they're like, we're in, we're in cohorts with the president. We're all Republican. The judicial branch will kick in, and they'd be like, well, this, this bill is unconstitutional. You can't do that. But also, the justices um, may be biased towards Republican views if the Senate is also very Republican, which I can also happen. The Senate. Right? But if, if the, the point being, everything, if everything sways in one direction, a lot of shit can go down. Yeah, it's right? pretty well the— the division of power and the dilution of power can easily be tipped. Right. But like, so, so let's say that like the Senate confirms or denies the president's, president's judicial appointees. So if the Congress is Republican heavy, the Senate may not be. So that's why there are all these little safeguards in place. Very rarely will Congress and the Senate go presume like more than not even just majority Republican. They have to go two thirds Republican. Yes. Right. So in. Right now, like ignoring the election, yeah. What? How does the House sit right now, or like how does the Senate and Congress before sit? tonight? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, sure. But I think mostly Democrat. No, actually, I'm positive Republican or re no, no, Democratic. no, because because Trump she like, won because she won the popular vote, which would put more. That's irrelevant because that's her personally. When people ticked Hillary Clinton's name. Yeah, but, but hypothetically, it, if they also just checked her name, they well, probably yes. also yeah, yeah, yeah. then yes, they true. didn't play tic tac toe no, on the yeah, ladder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so more there are more people in the Congress 
more more Democrats in Congress, which is why it's like, oh, Congress is holding up this. Congress is holding up that. Well, it's like, yeah, that's their job, though, because you can't have free reign. Likewise, Congress can't have free reign because this, this, the president can also veto a bill or whatever. But then Congress can step in. And also then the Supreme Court can step in and go, well, yes, you vetoed that bill, but we see that as unconstitutional or whatever. So sure. there's, there's a protection. Sure. Um, so the protection's in place. If there was a significant Republican Congress and president, um, the judicial branch kicks in should any bills be unconstitutional, presuming that their justices aren't biased towards Republican views. But remember, like the Senate can confirm those justices. So if the Senate's not Republican, then it's fine. It's all like the checks and balances. Uh, yeah, I think right? that's the moral of what you're it trying really to is. say. Yeah. Um, but it's basically this big, complicated web. And like, and after researching, I'm like, it's a, pr- it's a pretty good system. Like, because it's not, it's never a majority. It's always two thirds. So when is one party going to have two thirds of Congress and two thirds of the Senate? So it's like those times when me, you, and Tiff went to McLaren's <laughs> and we argued over how much beer we drank. Exactly. Yeah, and then yeah. who would pay for the jug? Because three of us would share one jug, but we could never decide who would pay the bill because right. they'd be the two of them and one of me, but they would share the bill, but sometimes I would drink more than them, even yeah. though there was two of them. Exactly. So sometimes you would hold the popular vote, yeah. but I would be the super vote. Super delegate. Yeah. But yeah, but it's, and it's similar in Canada. It's like the the liberals are in, but chances are whatever party gets in has a minority government because there are so many other parties. Yeah. The Green Party gets a couple seats, the NDP gets 30 or 40. But isn't that... Isn't that the healthiest way to do it? That the person with the absolute power, well, absolute being the, the head of the yeah. country, mm-hmm. would then be challenged yes. healthily yeah. by the other party. Which is why that's always almost almost always the case. But everybody's yeah. like, oh, like, you know, if you're a liberal, you're like, oh, the liberals got a minority government. And it's like, yeah, but that's, There's sort, your healthy of, that's sort of the goal. Well, it's not even the, yeah, it's kind of the goal because. Yeah. If there's enough people in the world who think, or sorry, if there's enough people in the country yeah. who think or believe differently yeah. to have a minority government, yeah. then you're going to want to have it yeah. to ensure equal representation across the land. But it's also why things land. bounce back and forth. Because it's like... They, well, then they, nothing gets done productively. Well, yeah. Like, they want a, a conservative, Republican, whatever, and then they get it, and then eventually the country's like... Yeah, that's not really what we wanted. And then they go bounce back to Democrat. And then they have Democrat for eight years and they go, mm, don't really want that either. Bounce back. Yeah. Um, it was, sorry, go ahead. Well, just a fun fact about, so like Trump tonight is running for his second term. Yep. If he doesn't get his second term, he'll be the first president not to get a second term in like 40 years. Really? Yeah. Pretty wow. much everybody gets a second term. Wow. Yeah. As I say, while researching this, I told you this on the phone the other day. Yeah. Like, on the White House website, the amount of drivel of, like, Donald Trump, the 45th president of the United States, his plan to take down the COVID-19 pandemic, and, like, all these facts of, like, all the amazing things he did. I'm like, no, no, no. Mm-mm. No, no, no. The states are, like, the the, the globe is laughing at the states. Not, I mean, laughing and cringing because of how they've handled the situation. And on the White House website, like, not the Donald Trump website, the White House website, it's, like, everything he did and how amazing it was. I'm like... No, no, no. He, someone on the staff wrote it. I mean, of course they did. Yes. But, like, it's just so frustrating that the truth doesn't matter. No. It doesn't. Anyway, that's the end of my thing. Let's go, Joe. Man, what an ordeal. So, so we are, we're, we're leaving off right now. Evan, what time is it? Uh, it is 
11.36. Oh, my God. It's 11.36 p.m. Newfoundland time. Uh, we're at 89 electoral votes to 72 for Joe Biden. Yep. Uh, I don't know which major states have been delegated, but the crucial battlegrounds are NC, Ohio. I don't know what, what's NC. North Carolina. Cool. They're showing it right now. They're tied 49.4%. Ohio, 49.4%. Florida, Michigan. What's PA? Uh, Pennsylvania? No. I, yeah, I would think. I can't think of another state that starts with P. Arizona. And it's, it's simply too early to call. Yeah, and because they're literally tied, they have forty nine point four percent of the vote, like North Carolina, North Carolina in North right Carolina now. right now. Uh, but anyway. how many electoral seats does North Carolina hold? Fifteen. That's not a big sway, although fifteen. No, fifteen is a lot. No, 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 no. is a lot. No, fifteen puts Trump at eighty seven to Biden's eighty nine. Yeah, but like there are a lot of other smaller states, right? So it's like once you but get every the single big time they away. pull this up. So like right now they just pull up Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. Biden is fifty six to Trump's forty two. Arizona yep. is a very southern state. So that's twenty three percent of the estimated vote. We're also in Phoenix. Phoenix is a very like hot point. Well, yeah, they're, city they're going the county center. by county, and that's also typically the the um, patterns tend to be in the city centers. Very liberal, Demo- Democrat. Yep. and then it, as and it as it goes into this yeah. suburbia. Yeah, suburbia. Nope. So, well, yeah, suburbia, but I think you mean like rural. Rural, thank you. Rural, yeah. it goes uh, or, more or Democrat. No. Secluded. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Secluded is. Yeah. Uh, so this has been episode 26. Yep. We hope you enjoyed it. I hope you did. I enjoyed it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so like always, please make sure you go back and uh, follow, uh, share, like, comment on our Facebook and Instagram page, and make sure you rate and review the podcast. Uh, that's how we ensure that other people around the world uh, get to listen and enjoy our podcast. Around the world. Yes. We have listeners in Berlin. We have listeners in a variety of countries. Now, they're all like less than 1%. So it might be like somebody turned it on and then turned it off. So they would only like, get two electoral votes if right, someone right. were to vote yeah. one of us, the president of the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if you have a topic you would like to send in, please send that to info.splainit at gmail.com. We hope you learned something this week. And if you didn't, there's always next week. Hopefully the world doesn't end by then. Oh, my God. Uh, our last three episodes have been very lengthy. <laughs> the we didn't start the we didn't start not the, a word lengthy. It's not a word, Jeff. It is a word. No, I will fight this to the death. It's lengthy. Lengthy is the word you're looking for. Lengthy sounds stupid. Lengthy sounds it's lengthily. like lengthily. No, no. Again, like the more syllables you add, the dumber you sound. Length a little bit of be great. No, go on. A, we'll cut that. Yeah.